Hi everyone, welcome back to the OOH podcast. Today is episode two and we're blessed to have uh, Josh Burbeck on, who looks after the marketing for Slim Chickens. How are you today, Josh? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Ready to get into some interesting conversation. Now, um, Slim Chickens has over 100 restaurants in America and um, you guys are trying to emulate that in the UK. For the viewers out there who aren't too up to date with Slim Chickens, do you want to give us just a quick background into it? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose to keep it as short as possible, uh, Slims in America started in 2003. I spoke to them today, actually. They've got about, I think it's 136 stores at the moment in in America. Um, We've got just shy of 30 here. Wow. So those guys started in 2003. The UK started in 2018, got to about 10-ish stores by about 2020. COVID hit little bit of a slowdown and then at the start of this year when I joined the team in Feb um, we've really pushed that and I think I've been involved in about 16 store openings in the last seven months. Wow. Wow (laughs) that is a lot. How do you manage that is that? (laughs) So yeah like with my role it does cover the whole sort of marketing mix but the main focus has been the store openings and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later on with Jess because we've worked quite closely over the last six months so yeah, the number one focus has been store openings and we tried to break it down in like three areas, the pre-opening, the opening day and then the post-opening dates and that might be various different things with what PR and press can we get, what out of home marketing can we get, what are we doing on socials, any activations and then trying to piece that together but it's it's a bigger project, there's not just me involved, I'll look after marketing but you've got technical you've got purchasing you've got recruitment you've got sales you've got ops as yeah it's it's a, it's a big beast yeah. for those that don't know um tell us more about slim chickens in the uk yeah so slim chickens is probably in a stage at the moment that if if slims isn't in your local town or city you might not have heard of it so to best explain slims i would say uh feel good fresh fried chicken that's a level above your stand well not standard but your fast food chains that are out there at the moment that everyone knows the chicken and and the burger side of things so yeah yeah the chicken's better it's fresher quality it's cooked to order um you get that customer service element of 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 the experience side of things because it's the southern hospitality that's trying to come from america i think everyone that's probably eaten in america before knows the customer service and things are just bigger and better out there in general Obviously, they have the tip culture out there, which helps. But um, <laughs> yeah, with Slims, I would say it's the food element, it's the service, but the experience as well. You can go and grab a beer, uh, a Budweiser. You can watch the sports. There's BT Sports in there. So yeah, it's it's in the QSR space. You've mm-hmm. got fast food, you've got QSR, and then you've probably got more um, restaurant experience where you're sitting down with a knife and fork and table. So it's a, a QSR brand, sits in the middle, uh, and you're getting better quality, fresher chicken, basically. Yeah. Wow. And um, well, firstly, you've made me hungry just going over those details. Um, so, uh, of course, you can get the beer in America. That option, I'm going to guess, isn't here for the UK. In terms of? In the restaurants. In yeah, you can get beers in the restaurants. Oh, you can as well yeah, here. Yeah, so they do draft Budweiser and Budweiser bottles. It's not it's not a huge like sales element of it, but it's it's definitely I think a unique element that we can push more that you can go with your friends, you can grab a beer on the weekend, you can watch the football. Um, they do it well in America about building that community mm-hmm. and the sports is a massive element of that. So it's something that we should probably do a better job at pushing. But there is you, you can't go into your fast food restaurants and, and grab a beer. I don't believe whilst you get eating chicken or having a burger. 
I, I can't be bothered to cook it at home. Mm-hmm. If you take fried chicken, for example, it, it's to cook it at home and get the oil and get the batter and get the flour. Like it's it's just inconvenient. So like I'm going out to get something that I can't probably do at home. But when you when you're paying someone for something, regardless of what it is, the expectations on there that they owe you something. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, in general, in in Britain, England, we we need to do a better job of giving that customer service. And yeah, is it the tip culture in America that does that? Yeah, maybe. But I just think in general, they're more happier and livelier and and more friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you've had rapid expansion, even in just this year, you've been really kind of thrown into the deep end. 16 store openings in how many months? Seven Uh, months? I've been here seven months next week, yeah. So my first store opening was the flagship store in London. So we opened that up in April, which is Cambridge Circus, Shaftesbury Avenue, which is just opposite Soho. Um, And then my first month in the business, I was at the back end of opening Manchester Arndale and Guildford. Uh, And then I've rolled on with Brighton. Um, We did four stores for the 4th of July, which is a massive campaign that we did in London, Milton Keynes, Leicester, Liverpool. We've opened up a couple in uh, Bristol. We've done partnerships with Haven. We've done then partnerships with supermarkets as well. So, yeah, it's been a, a big, broad, big mix of things. Which is exciting. I suppose you're covering all different elements of the marketing mix and the store openings. And each city is obviously complete different makeup in terms of how they are, the people, mm. the the out of home opportunities around it as well. So that must be such a challenge to so to have to quickly figure out what you're gonna do for each store. Yeah. Um which, you know, I've been on the phone to you, you're going, What's we doing Brighton? I'm going, This is what we're gonna do, this is the plan. But it must be really exciting at the same time to be able to go, right, London, we've got to do something cool what we're going to do for the next one yeah one of the challenges we've got and i think in general in marketing like what we're trying to do at the moment like we're still a new business we we started in 2018 so we're still in that early phase of giving people knowledge and letting them know who we are like you could walk into the fast food restaurants that have been around for years and you're not looking at the menu you know the price point you know what you're going to order mm-hmm. if you go into slims it's still a whole new experience you're looking around at the store you're trying to get the general setup you're looking at the menu so there's that knowledge and information side of things that we still need to push on and what we're trying to do is build a national brand and this is one of the challenges that i have in marketing because each store is different different location it might be high street it might be shopping center it might be in haven it might be in retail and we spoke about it before yeah. that localized level you do need that yeah. um so it's 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 the blend and mix of what are you doing local what are you doing national but i think for us it's all about keeping that consistent message at the top trying to grow a national brand but still feeding in some of the localized marketing as well and that's where out of home can help yeah because we've done campaigns previously on billboards and bus shelters on taxis and, and phone boxes also all sorts yeah i mean when we first spoke about the brighton one which i think i think it was the first one that we did for you it might be wrong um in brighton there's not that much digital out of home um available and we were so like last minute wasn't it it was like right it's going to launch we need to do something like really soon what can Mm. we do and the best way to approach it was to actually like 
get as many phone boxes as we could in and around the city centre. Mm-hmm. So everywhere you was going, you, they were there, which was which is great. So we managed to kind of do that really quickly. And then you came to me a few weeks later and said, I've got an idea. We've got four stores that are all launching the weekend of the 4th of July. Um, and then it kind of went from there, really, didn't it? It was like, what else can we do yeah. to make this exciting? The, um, yeah, the Brighton one was great. We did. We called it Slims by the Sea. If anyone's been to Brighton, you come out the train station, you walk down, and it's got a bit of um, sort of like San Francisco-esque where it goes like quite down a steep hill towards the beach. But we hit a billboard straight away on like the left-hand side. You come down, we got all the phone boxes. We did a yep. chicken van, giving out free chicken. So we covered quite enough, a good mix, and that, that was a good yeah. start. And then... The biggest one for us, and probably my biggest challenge this year from sorting it out, arranging it, uh, was the four stores, 4th of July for Independence Day, because we're an American brand. We wanted to make people aware of what Independence Day was, mm-hmm. even though it's not a big thing here in the UK. So we called it Slim Dependence Day. I like that. We, we did four <laughs> stores for the 4th of July, like represented number four, and then we did a road show from London, Milton Keynes, Leicester, and Liverpool, and we wanted to incorporate the out-of-home element into it. And don't get me wrong, like doing the billboards and the taxis and the bus stops are great, but I said to Jess how do we go the next level and do more of an activation and build it out as a campaign Uh, and that's when the phone call started back and forward non-stop for probably six weeks where we did the mini activation we built um, the world's smallest slim chickens which is basically a clear glass box that we converted and kitted out into a restaurant on wheels and took it on the roadshow for four days I love that and was chunks there as well am I right in thinking oh lovely what a guy we did um, we launched it in London outside um, the London Eye where we had the spot chunks came to the store we did some meet and greet and he sort of like kicked off the campaign really in the mm-hmm. road show so we had him for the day he was brilliant it was so funny because there were people as we were just literally setting it up he, he turned up and there was people like oh my god losing like, their mind losing their minds wanting photos and everything we're like, well, hang on one sec and he was just so lovely wasn't it we had one guy he was trying to plug his own youtube channel so he's it <laughs> <laughs> was fair play he came, he came into the store and uh, there was i don't know 50 plus people waiting at a time for chunks with a photo he's really cool there's one guy comes in I think it was a phone or mini camera, but then he's like, right, and he's going into his YouTube channel, and Chunks went along with it. He's about there for about five minutes. Oh, God. Yeah, it was brilliant. Do you yeah. remember what the YouTube channel was called? No we'll give him a shout. I was there just like, <laughs> hurry up. We've we, we, we got to get him at the London Eye in five minutes. Like, come on. Um, but no, it was the campaign, like, it, there was a lot of stress behind it. We're just about to apply for some awards for that. So, fingers yeah. crossed, we uh, we get recognized and awarded for that. But um, just things like with it, with the clear box, I think previously yeah. what guys had done is a lot with vehicles and cars, but didn't they, yeah. in terms of like showcase? and them just driving them around yeah. and then we were like well can we eat chicken in it can we turn it into a restaurant um we did the slim pong game as well so it was like beer pong if you get four cups four throws you can win four thousand four hundred forty four pounds worth of chicken wow no one won it because uh, it's quite difficult to do that but yeah. it was, um, it was all too busy speaking to chunks <laughs> yeah no, definitely but, um no it was a wicked campaign a lot of stress a lot of thought went behind it but from an out of home perspective i think for me it was that next level of how can we do something a little bit more different that hasn't been done before? And that's what I like to try and do with marketing. Slims as a new brand. And I think these days to stand out, you have to be a little bit more unique and different to try and, yeah. try and level up. And also, I think it had a good PR story around it. You've got loads of social, I mean, the stats for it, I don't know if you were allowed to say, but I know for a fact they're huge. Um, and it just all kind of fitted in well together. So yeah. using that out of home 
to then create content for your social media and get a p- good PR story it's just kind of works really well didn't yeah it? definitely like I think for me like prior to this if people don't know much about out of home this is probably one of the, the points we have to talk about is because I, I didn't know much about it before the clients that I were dealing with prior to joining Slims I was doing my own social media agency they never had the budget to look at out of home because it can what be a little bit more expensive than just doing the basic level things but the impact is there I think when customers see a big billboard I think they automatically think psychologically wow this must be a big brand if, yeah. if they're on a billboard because it's just massive and yeah. people are walking past it they must be big they must be doing something right yeah. and I think there's an element of that with Slim psychologically that like we are a big brand we're not just a, um, a two man band we, even yeah. though we started in the garage in America 20 odd years ago but it's it's trying to get onto that next level and out of home can help do that yeah I guess you know you see the other people in your um, you know your competition that are on billboards all, all, all the time mm. to be up against them and then people will trust you because you're on the billboards as well like you said they're not going to think you're uh, a dark kitchen can't, can't even say sorry dark kitchen yeah, on yeah. Deliveroo mm-hmm. or just like a small company they're going to think yeah I think for bigger. me like I was thinking about it on the way up to the podcast is if you look at the biggest I won't say the names people know who they are <laughs> if you think of the biggest burger brand in the world and how many stores they've got here if you think of what they do in marketing they don't need to everyone knows where they are everyone knows what the price is and what the food are but still they'll buy we're dealing with it at the moment where we've got a store opening in um, Ireland, which is the first one coming uh, to Ireland next month in mm-hmm. Belfast. And mm-hmm. we're just working on a project there at the moment. But then we're looking at some billboard spaces and some different digi screens, etc. But some of the bigger guys that uh, sort of claw that or keep that, they're doing that. They're doing social media ads. They're doing app pushes, emails, um, TV ads, radio. And like people know they're already here, but they're still plugging yeah. all of seven, eight, nine different things. And that's what we've got to try and yeah. compete with and try and get to. So it's 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 a difficult area, but hmm. it's just about keeping up. I think and being different. So I, I guess from hearing that, no matter the no matter the level of growth, you still have to do it, don't you? From from hearing that from the big boys, if they're still doing it. There's, there's going to be a reason for mm. it. And, it and it is simply that it works um, because it's visual people can't miss it um, just with what you touched on a little earlier with always having to think about doing a campaign out of the box is there ever a pressure with that as always thinking and knowing that there is going to be another campaign and another campaign yeah, it's difficult. I think when you look at marketing and like we speak to people internally in the business that a lot of people can think they're marketers because ultimately it's about just having ideas and bringing them to life. And again, everyone's got opinions and everyone's due. That doesn't mean they're right, doesn't mean I'm wrong, whatever it might be. But yeah, because we've had, for me personally, the amount of store openings that we've had this year, there, yeah, there's been somewhat of a pressure of like, what can we do different? We don't want to just keep doing the same thing. But sometimes there is there is a reason to be repetitive or do the same thing. Like if you want, I don't know, you go to the gym, for example, you've just got to keep doing the same thing over and over again and you'll get the result. But from a marketing point of view, you don't want to bore the consumer. Yeah. You want to do something different. We're trying to get PR and press at the moment in terms of the brand. So it's like, what can we do that's bigger and better? I listened to a podcast with... Um, uh, Brewdog and it, what was interesting with them from a marketing perspective they said any level of marketing we do has to 10x return on investment and no one can done it before so then I'm, and sometimes you listen to things like that and from hmm like it's a competitive and saturated market at the moment in, yeah. in, in the marketing space with hospitality so what can we do that's going to 10x and I say to Jess sometimes like out of home is great but you can't measure the data and insights and the return you can do loads of other stuff but it still has to come in together so it's like 
yeah. a combination. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you've got to try and look for that kind of wow campaign. Mm. Um, and out of home can do that. But then you do get, uh, we have loads of food companies that will come to us for like directional campaigns. You mm. know, I was driving into work uh, the other day, I hadn't ate my breakfast, and uh, I saw an advert for a big um, fast food chain. And it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, I really want a burger. <laughs> it's just like, but it's there. And it said like 100 yards away. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> I really want it. But it's working because now for the next three, three days, I'm thinking I've got to go back and I've got to have that as yeah, soon definitely. as I can. And, and I think that's the beauty with food. Like if you've got a business where you're selling a T-shirt, <laughs> like their objectives is get the T-shirt there on time. If you paid for free delivery and you've given free delivery, great. If you paid for two pound delivery in two days and it comes brilliant the t-shirt might be large and it might be too big it might be too small that's the frustration but the hard thing with hospitality and food is people can smell it they can mm -hmm. touch it they can taste it then everyone's got an opinion on it it might be too spicy it might be too hot it might be too cold so like the overall thing with marketing within food that's the biggest challenge for me that yeah. i find but then sticking it on a billboard with a great sexy picture of a burger or chicken straight away it's hit someone oh yeah i want to go and try that for lunch i want to go and do that where a t-shirt might not be able to do that it might look great on someone but do you get that instant yeah i've got to go and yeah. try that now so do you obviously you must get loads of free chicken which is your <laughs> what's your favorite <laughs> bit on the menu um the good thing with slims is and people think this like oh it's called slim chicken so like psychologically oh it must be healthier better fresher chicken and there is an element to that because the, the quality of the chicken and the produce is better um i i'm i'm 31 now and i try and go to the gym and stay fit and healthy but it creeps up on me if i drink or eat bad like a few pounds just boom come yeah. on so I, i'll just go for a slim salad and three tenders and just keep it nice and fresh and healthy but I think on the menu, the most popular items would be the tenders. That's what Slims are famous for. Um, but you've got, the good thing with Slims, you've got the variety. You've got wings, you've got sandwiches, you've got wraps, you've got salads, you've got shakes, beers, you've got the sides, yeah. fried the pickles, toast. fried onions, oh. the Texas toast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could go on. Yeah. The variety is good. Yeah. So in terms of how you compare to your competitors, what would you, how would you say? Yeah. I mean, if you're saying direct competitors in terms of like the fried chicken market, yeah. I think the number one thing is for me personally, I think the, um, like the tender that we offer in the chicken is just is just better as <laughs> it's just a standard. And then I think it's the two things I touched on earlier is, is how can we offer better customer service and how can we offer a better experience? Mm -hmm. The things with Slims from, um, from an audience perspective, I think I've said this to you before, like Slims is for everyone. Like, and sometimes that makes it difficult in marketing because if you just focus on talking to one person, your job's a lot easier. Of course. But Slims, we could be speaking to older couples, younger couples, families, and that comes down to the locations of where we are in shopping centres, um, high streets, haven holiday camps, etc. But I just think, maybe not right now because we're young, but Slims offers great customer service, a great experience, so you can grab a beer, you can watch the sport, and the food is just better. And ultimately, over time, when the, any business... It, to be successful is word of mouth recommendation and referrals and people will say I've had a great meal in Slims I tell their friends I tell their family and they'll come back yeah. so I think the food is just has to be the number one and then underneath that as a service and overall experience of what, what it's like inside absolutely yeah. and it and you know thinking about that it's like when I was staying at a hotel um, last week the reviews were quite bad but the service I experienced was good, but I didn't leave a review. And, and we do kind of live in them times, don't we, where if you have bad experience, people will get their phone out, bang, Google mm -hmm. review. But when it's good, 
do people really do that as much? Yeah, like, and it's a shame, actually. It is a shame, and that's why food is challenging again, because everyone's got an opinion, like, they, they might like it spicier, it's too hot, it's too cold, yeah. it's too dry, whatever. So that, like, to please everyone is difficult. But with Slims, like, we see it all the time on social media. It's like the amount of people that go in and, and snap it and share it on their Instagram story. We get so many people come in, which, which is great for us. And I think Slims is in a position at the moment, it's like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And from yeah. my point of view, from a marketing, that, that's got a fun area to be in. It's almost like, oh, only the cool kids know about it. Yeah. And I, obviously we want everyone to know about it, but that can make it quite fun at the moment. And that will just happen naturally as we keep opening up more stores across the cities. But we're in that stage at the moment where you can only be new for so long mm. and we've got to really tap into that and, 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 and keep and keep pushing as we are. Keep the momentum. Definitely. I, you are a fast track business you know you're on set you're doing really well you're probably on the 30 now in the uk nearly nearly 30 just under we we won actually um the qsr multi-site restaurant of the year award for 2022 which was a couple of months ago so that yeah great award for the for the business to win and to be recognized because there are other competitors that doing what we are doing similarly that are are there or thereabouts of us and then other brands within hospitality as well so i think to be recognized for that like seeing what the, what it meant to the ops guy, seeing what it meant to people in, in the head office and at, at, on the ground level as well is brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. we are being recognised for, like, who we are, what we stand for and what we're doing. That's really good. Sorry. When you mentioned earlier with um, marketing, it's almost, in a way, like, ev- everybody sort of feels like they could do it. Have you ever had a situation where you've come up with an idea where people are like, that sucks? And, and in your heart of heart, you know it doesn't. I think some people probably wouldn't say it to your face. There might be the, the internal chat on emails, etc. But I always say it to the guys, like base level marketing, like I say, right, in order for us to make a decision, what we need to do first is like, let's look at the research. Let's look at the insights. Let's look at the data. What's that saying? Mm-hmm. Let's speak to our customers because ultimately that's who we're targeting. That's who we need to get come back. Let's speak to the staff because they're on the ground every single day. They're talking to the customers. They might have quicker hacks of how can we make the meal better? How can we make it faster, etc. Then lastly, we should come in with our decision. Once we've looked at those three, four things and go, they're saying that, they're saying that, they're saying that. So now we're here, then I make my decision. That's how I try and do it. Because otherwise you can fall into that trap, but yeah, you just think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But I'm in a position to be able to, well, yeah, I, I do. But and you've got the reasoning behind that there. But that's what I always try and do. And that's a great thing with marketing nowadays, with so, uh, social media technology that you can you can back yourself up with, with that data before you make the decision. Mm-hmm. So you never had an idea and everyone's kind of, what are you on about? Absolutely oh, no I'm, chance. No, I'm a bit <laughs> mental. Like, I'm always on my phone at night and reading books and listening to podcasts and I'm always coming up with all sorts of ideas. And it's great on the social media where you can come up with puns sometimes. Like, ha- like yeah. how do you post about tenders and make them sexy? Or like, <laughs> so I think I was thinking the other day, like, uh, I didn't, did, what was that program? It was like, contenders, are you ready? The um, Gladiator. Gladiators, yeah. but like, contenders, tenders. So it's like, yeah. Maybe, you know. You know. <laughs> I think I kept, what was the one I came up with today? Um, oh, a tender, as in like, if you're going to tender for something, you're going to try and win a project. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I came up with some, so I, yeah, I'm always... I guess that's one of the things, isn't it? Like, me and Jess were speaking about this the other day working with billboards honestly wherever I'm driving I spot every single billboard and I guess with the role that you're in well in fact how do you switch off like 
Is it possible? Because, you know... Since we've been doing the out-of-home stuff, as in me personally working with Slims, I'm the same. I go to London on a weekly basis yeah. all the time in the tubes. Like, you see people, their heads down on the phone or, or whatever, but I'm always looking at, like, what's that brand doing or what that yeah. message or yeah. what are they... Yeah, con I'm driving here today and I'm on the road and the digi screens that pop up, like uh, Marcus Rashford came up or Pepsi and I'm looking at yeah. that yeah. everywhere now. I'm, I'm, I'm always looking constantly to see what people are doing. So yeah. do you feel like since you've been doing out-of-home, you're more away? to the sort of bigger um campaigns that people are doing yeah and yeah. and which is really cool i mean we we're very guilty of being out of home snobs should we call ourselves in the sense that we'll look at a billboard and be like oh what have they done like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know we'll, we'll have that conversation in the car like why have they done that that text is too big or too small or, you know, being really critical because yeah. we're thinking, we know how it could be done better. And it, in the same way, it's quite exciting because we'll see something and it could be in real life, it could be on social. I mean, there was a CV library, they were a client of ours as well. They um, they did a campaign that um, when yesterday, which was the Digivan campaign, and they got it right outside Houses of Parliament and it was great and it was all over social mm. and you're going... Go on, lads. Was that with Rishi Sunak when they <laughs> said, yeah, I saw it, yeah. Stuff, but, it's, but you talk about it, you've yeah, seen it. Everyone's yeah. seen it on social and it's and doing stuff really well. Like, that's brilliant. That's it's where really you, reactive. You have to be really reactive on trend and like, I don't know, is, is there's a popular Netflix show coming out and can you tap into that? And I think because things are competitive and saturated at the moment and like you're trying to grab people's attention, you have to do stuff like that. And mm. I say to the guys sometimes like, can we be a bit more riskier? Like not, not being to the point where we're being rude or, or we're going way, way too aboard. But can, yeah, can we just, challenge ourselves a little yeah. bit and like you said make people think when they're looking at that billboard are they stopping have you grabbed their attention are they thinking what's that but like that's what you want them to do mm. I, I could be wrong here but I think that element of safety is going to phase out as time goes on because more and more people are just going to well, do what they want I mean look at Luis Cabaldi he's put himself in his pants you shared it um, you shared it I on did, your social uh, yesterday uh, Luis Cabaldi did the billboard with him in his white pants releasing his new song yeah. I, I think just jokingly I commented on the uh, on the comment saying lovely bit of kit and then he, he just come back and replied load of crying faces yeah and i was like um i was like yeah i'll get yourself down to slim sometimes so i was just trying to plug that in yeah, yeah. you have to but plug the billboard was outrageous he's, it was it was brilliant he's a I white thought, Go on. scottish man <laughs> he's half naked promoting his album but that's him that's I, I, look at the three of us when we're talking about him we're all smiling i know i'm not right now but at the time yeah it's that human element where it's like you can quickly tell what's real and what's scripted in a, in a way. and um, But I guess with marketing, when you're doing that, is there ever a, a risk of overstepping that line? I guess what I'm asking is, with a brand, it can take so long to build it up. Mm. Is there ever a reservation of, oh, I don't want to undo all that good work that I've yeah, done? Yeah, of course there is. And like with Slims at the moment, as I say, because we're still quite a new brand, that like we're still in that knowledge phase where we've got to be feeding informa uh, information to people and let them know who we are and what we stand for. And at the forefront of that has to be the food. Because people, because we've got such a wide variety of a menu. So like, as I said, let's talk about the foods, but how, how creative can you be with that? How risky you can be with that? So maybe not right now, but mm -hmm. like, yeah, th there is that fine balance. You, yeah, yeah. You, you have to be really careful with it. For sure. I think one thing that's going to really help you guys is the 
the news on the Sainsbury's deal that you've done and mm-hmm. the store it's not just Sainsbury's Tesco's as well right uh, so they do so we, we, uh, we're in Selly Oak at the moment which is the restaurant hub uh, which falls under with some of the other brands and then they did uh, well, we did Sydenham um, recently last week we've got Wolverhampton next week as well um, so yeah those were separate and then the separate to that was Tesco Redditch which was another one as well so mm. yeah for us to be working with the supermarkets like that is, is, is brilliant you've got natural footfall there because again like when you're opening up um, chicken shops in shopping centres or high streets like you're expecting that footfall to come in but the restaurants have got that guaranteed week in week out and then you can tap into that market quite easily and again it's getting that best kept secret new brand out there even more Mm. to even more people without you having and um, we've seen it with the Haven holiday camps. I um, we did well, we, we've got Hafan in Wales, we've got Devon, and we've got Primrose Scarborough. I, I did all three of them, and then what was interesting, we were go and it's it's nice for us that you, we go to those sites, but people are traveling there for holidays. But some of the customers were speaking to us, going, "Oh, my local one is here. And they've already tried Slims, and then mm-hmm. now they're so it's like." You know, it's working. The name's getting out there. The message is getting out there, and it's not nice to see that people are aware of Slims. They've eaten it. They've tried it, and they're coming to a new location now yeah. to to try it again. Yeah, well, I guess it's just reinforcement of what you're doing is working. Um, from my own selfish po- point of view, I'm going to ask a question here. So, from a marketing perspective, I always imagine that uh, come the days where the shop where the stores are opening. I always had an imagination that the marketing guy would be hands behind his head, right, my work's done. Is that very far from the truth? What, in terms of once the store's open? So let's say on opening day, Mm. are you still literally doing things in the background or is it a case that your work is firmly done before um, yeah, that it, it depends what's going on you know have we got influencers celebrities down there on the day are we doing an activation are you dealing with the pr and press are you making sure the menu screens are updated and the promo screens uh have the table talkers arrived have the leaflets come on time yeah there's um, yeah. Are the delivery channels set up properly yeah, there's, there's, yeah. So Where's Jess with the digivan and the box? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, I couldn't Where's have Shunks? been more wrong. It's definitely not hands behind the head, yeah. but I mean, I've the, done it. I was on site for the day that we did the digivan and glass uh, box combo, and we were. It was a long, long day, wasn't it? And uh, our drivers were there for the, the four days for the roadshow. And it was not. It was so nice to see how it all happened and the mayhem that was going on. Yeah, the, um, but there's loads. There's loads to it. Yeah, to, to touch on the Fourth of July stuff more. It wasn't only the box that we recreate, which is basically just uh, a glass box, and then we put all the vinyls on there to make it look like the front of a chicken shop, and then we put the tables and the seats inside. We didn't cook on it live, but then when we went close by to the stores, the food dropped in. We got influencers and celebrities to come and eat in there. But it was the Digi Van that pulled it as well. So yes. we basically had a moving billboard for four days on the motorway uh, in key cities with uh, Liverpool One, which is one of the biggest shopping centres in Liverpool, if not the biggest, mm-hmm. Leicester High Cross again, biggest area, Milton Keynes Escape outside the, the London Eye. So yeah, to have a moving billboard with an activation element on there as well. I th- uh, yeah, to my knowledge, I don't think anyone's done something like that before. No, they so. definitely haven't. I think the Digivan and the glass box combo was the first time we've done like mm. an experiential um, moving vehicle. Mm-hmm. With the Digivan on yeah. it, you know, you've got two digital billboards on each side. It's, it was awesome. And what was the overall consensus on the day? Were people pretty like shocked by it? 
Yeah, I think like especially when you're first pulling up with a huge glass box, and I, I couldn't see the reactions on the motorway and stuff. But yeah, it was definitely <laughs> yeah. unique. It definitely stood out, and that's what you want. People coming over. What's this? What's going on? Even if they're not your customer, they're still being aware of the Slim Chickens and, and and the brand and stuff like that. So yeah, I hope next year we can do more things like that. There's plenty more growth and opportunities coming with Slims for next year, and the plan is to open up in in key cities across England and the UK moving forward. Do you think there'll ever be a time where the UK stores overtake the amount in America or...? I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I think they're on 136, so they're nearly five times what we are. But for what we've done from 2018, had a bit of a mini break in COVID and what we've done this year, nearly 15, 16 stores, then, yeah, the, the opportunity's there. And that's what I love about the brand. And one thing I wanted to touch on from a podcast perspective is I, I listen to a lot of them, and I think these days people push and plug the fact that you should do your own business and it's all about oh don't go and work for someone you should work for yourself but what I've loved about what I'm doing is I'm very passionate and enthusiastic about food like who doesn't love food and I get to talk about it day to day in my job mm-hmm. um, and I think you know people should be proud of what they do whether you're working for yourself or you're working within a business but as long as it boils down to enthusiastic and you're passionate at what you're doing that will just will, will come a play of it and you can earn great money you can have great work-life balance you can still see your family in in what, uh, whatever area you're doing yeah that's to be fair you've summed that up perfectly because I think there is a massive push isn't there where it's like you can be self-sufficient and earn your own money but to a degree because how many people don't make it who try and with food and restaurants I I think off the top of my head it's pretty brutal for startups isn't it a lot of them do fail it's it's tough with the way I got the Slims role I was doing um, uh, I've got a, a pizza street food business and I did that for a couple of years over COVID and that's what gave me the sort of knowledge and experience from an operational point of view in marketing and socials to get this role but yeah absolutely it's tough you know you need you need the financial backing you need the right people and again with hospitality there's so many parts of the puzzle that have to work together at one time like yep. you could do the best piece of marketing the best billboard the best social media influencer you drive all that traffic into the restaurant but the, the guy or the girl behind the till on the day might be having a bad day, they might be a bit of an emotional, they, then they offer poor customer service and then the customer complains and never comes back again. So, yeah, it's there's so many moving parts and there's people involved in it, which but that makes it fun because that's the challenge. It's like, how do we make sure everyone sings on the same hymn sheet? The yeah. ops are working together, marketing's work together, the food's been ordered on time, all, all of that, yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot to go into it, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, so for any younger viewer watching who might be thinking you know what marketing for me is something that I want to go into what would you say would be the key advice yeah I think these days like look at TikTok everyone will probably want to try and be uh, a TikTok star or they want to be an influencer celebrity like would you want to go and do more manual labor work people don't want to work like it's it's tough and you see things on socials, it's glamorous, it's glitzy, it looks easy. Um, so, yeah, it's... But I think from a marketing perspective, if I can just base it on my own experience, mm-hmm. um, I think if people want to get involved in marketing, it's like, may, yeah, maybe try and do your own thing to start with or or learn from people, um, you know, uh, get that experience and just... Technology is always advancing, so it, it's a hard one to say that like, I don't know what's going to be coming around in the next couple of years. Like, I, I had conversations with people. I never thought TikTok would get to the level that it would and maybe overpass Instagram will get to the same level of it. I was convinced that it wouldn't, and it yeah, has. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. There's always things changing and adapting. So I think it's just a case of not marketing, but just whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're enthusiastic about, because 
that that will overcome it. Like I've done recruitment jobs before in sales, and I'm I'm pretty good at them, but I'm not really passionate about them. Yeah. I was doing recruitment for engineering people. I know nothing about engineering. I wasn't passionate about it, and I just didn't enjoy it. The sales element was great because you're making commission, but with food, I love food. I love talking about it. It's it's creative, and that that's my passion point. And yeah, that's you know about and that. you're having a lot of fun with it as and well. Yeah, that we're just that's it. It's we're just chicken and chips. We joke sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we're just selling chicken and chips. We're not trying to build a rocket ship and we're not trying to go to the moon or we're not trying to battle with tesla and build an electric car it's just chicken and chips yeah. there's obviously more to it than that but when you yeah. break it down let's have fun hospitality is a fun arena to work in so yeah that's what it boils down to and also marketing is i mean you know you've said your role is so varied and you you are a grafter i've seen it mm. <laughs> and it's nice to see that like you say you've got tiktokers that just want to be doing a few TikToks and make loads of money. But then you've got people like yourselves that love marketing, love food and love the job that you do. So yeah. it's, yeah. But back to the question, actually, marketing, try and test things. Like things don't always work. And with marketing, the, the bigger guys can do it because they can have budgets and some bigger brands have budgets just to test things that might not even work. But I think, like, yeah, go out there, challenge yourself, try it, test yourself, fail. It doesn't mean you're not going to get it right from the off. doesn't mean that thing's not going to work. you just got to stay committed to it and just give it a little bit of time. Yeah, I, lo I love that message because how many of us get it right first time in life? It, it just doesn't happen more often than not. So, yeah, that, that's definitely a good message to go out to. Um, and Jess speaks on your work ethic there. Where does that come from, do you believe? Is it just a desire in that you can't explain or would you say it is tangible? Um, everyone's different. Like Everyone's thermostat burns differently. Like Now what I'm doing with Slims, I said to the guys at the start, if my name's attached to the role of being whatever it is within marketing, like if my name's attached to it, I'm going to do my utmost to make sure that um, everyone performs to the best of their ability. And then selfishly, you know, that could lead to promotions for me in the future and financial benefits and whatever it may be. And then for the for the for the brand, they're building more stores, they're making more money. So yeah, it's 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 the full picture. But I am just like that anyway. I'm I'm a bit nuts, I'm a bit mental and I'm a I'm a bit full on. But I just um yeah. <laughs> no you're not. No, but in a good no, way. In a good way. You find that with a lot of driven people, they will often be quirky. And I am not no, saying marketing people, I think we're all nuts in a in a in a way. Mm. But I'm competitive, I think yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it more, even playing sports, football, my job, I'm super competitive. And it's sometimes it's not about tapping into the ego too much, but like with the um, with Slims at the moment, like we're opening up uh, restaurants and we're in like prime real estate across the whole of the UK, and we're and we're at the top level in terms of the QSR and the fried chicken space, mm -hmm. which to some people might think it's only fried chicken, but like the arena that we're operating in, we are at the top at the moment, and like competitors, I don't think you should focus on them too much. You have to be really aware of them, but like. Yeah, I'm I'm passionate and committed, and I and I get competitive to be like, oh, there's a few people knocking on the door. There's a few people doing things like how we how can we be the best? How can I be the best? And how can the brand go as far as it can? So do you think you taste the best? Me personally, or the chicken? <laughs> the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, the chicken tenders, absolutely, yeah, for sure. They they they, they are banging, and the shakes are unbelievable. The calories have come in on menus now, and this is across. I, d I don't know what the 100% legislation is, but I think for bigger brands, if you've got so many stores or you turn over so much money, you have to show the calories on the menu now. I don't know if you guys look at it, but anywhere I go, I look at calories on everything. No, yes. I'll just eat everything. Yeah. So, so <laughs> how are we looking calorie-wise for a Slim's? 
Is it, it was actually applied to someone the other day. If you have the main meal salad, and I think even with the drinks, that's with chicken tenders, couple of sauces, uh, fried onions, salad, veg, is like 439 calories. That's decent. So under oh, 500 decent. calories is brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. I'll have two. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, we've asked you a lot of questions today, and uh, we're thankful for your in-depth answers. Do you have any questions for uh, me and Jess? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, just as a broad question, like where do you guys see out of home marketing going? And I suppose if I look at it from a technology point of view, like for example, I've seen some billboard screens now that are in like 4D, things are popping mm. out. Like where where are you seeing the like the market going in general? Yeah. Um so yeah, 3D screens, 4D um artwork is getting more and more popular. Um it can be expensive if because there's not that many graphic designers that can mm. do that kind of stuff. But as that changes, there's younger people that are learning how to do it, charging cheaper prices, and people brands are getting more excited about doing stuff like that. It's increasing and increasing, and that's really cool, and I love that. So we are seeing an increase in mm. that. It is a really exciting space to be in. Um, and the beauty of digital out of home at the moment for me is why I've kind of got into it is because everyone like loves those fame campaigns. Back in the day, it'd be oh I'm in the paper, mm. you know, oh my god I've made the local news or whatever it might be, or I've been on a paper billboard. Now it's easier than ever to be able to go. You know, we do it, get people on Times Square, New York, which is like oh my god. Um, so out of home for me is evolving very fast. It's getting easier to do. Um, I think, you know, five years ago, it was more about putting... We had this conversation last week. If you was promoting something, you'd get T-shirt made, you'd get stickers, you'd do flyers and leaflets. Now, if you're a new store opening, it can be as simple as going, ringing someone like myself, going, what have you got near me? Here's the artwork, and we can get it up on a billboard within a matter of hours. Which is crazy when you think yeah, of how sure. back in the day, if you've got a new store opening, whether that be food or whether that be uh, a clothing shop, mm. you'd go, oh, I need to promote it locally. I'm going to get it in the paper in a few weeks' time or I'm going to ring up someone, I'm going to get flyers and it's going to take five days for them to come. Mm. It's different world. It's now. interesting when you say that, of how reactive you can be when you think, oh, it's such a big space, it's a billboard. But the reality is you... The, the, the work for us in marketing is getting the graphics and getting that done and making sure the assets fit, but then they can be up within an hour, which yep. is just like, from a customer seeing that, you'd think, oh, that's got to be a big lengthy process, you've got to go. The only thing I've challenged is, is like dotting the I's and crossing the T's sometimes with fast food of like what you can do if schools are close by and like oh. the challenges with that sometimes. Is, yeah. But you can work around that with different spaces and different areas of where to go. Yes, there's so many rules around it. I mean, the London Underground, for example, will not have... They'll, they won't have, um, uh, what's the word for it? It's like um, high sugar, high fat content mm. on any of their stuff on the underground. And um, I remember doing a campaign for National um, Health England and it was literally for people to go and get checked for COVID and uh, do all the tests and all that kind of stuff. And it was so funny because we submitted the artwork and on it is a, a quite a big guy eating fish and chips and the artwork's all about go to your doctors and get checked and get healthy. And then we got a, a, an email back saying, we can't have that. <laughs> what are you on about? This is for people to get fit. This is an advert to say, go to your doctors. And they said, no, because it's showing 
salt and vinegar. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous even saying it because it's yeah. showing salt and vinegar and a bit of fish and chips in the artwork. It's showing fast food. I'm going, oh my God. But it, it, you have to have those strict rules in place. I remember when I first started at Clear Channel years ago, I had an art, artwork, uh, I had a client that wanted to go on a billboard and it was about 100 metres by a school and it was an Indian restaurant and we had to say to him, I'm really sorry but you can't go on that billboard because you're near a, uh, a kid's school and you're promoting fast food. Yeah. So, um, yeah, different media owners have different mm. rules and it's, it is good because, you, you know, if, if it was that way yeah, and you yeah, could yeah. advertise everywhere... That's where you probably would, wouldn't Well, some people would, they'll be saying... Yeah, you know. and things move so fast, don't they? Uh, I mean, I don't know what the plan is with, like, the metaverse and things like that, but I think it'd be pretty cool to see if they had, like, advertising options on that. <laughs> you get it in games, don't no, you? you so that, that, I mean, we've, we've got someone on our podcast on the next episode that we're talking about all that, and it's so interesting what potentially could happen in mm. the metaverse with advertising because, mm. you know, people are buying advertising space based on impressions and eyeballs with the metaverse you know for a fact that there's people at their computer look at gaming like gaming such a massive space Mm -hmm. now you like i'm 31 like i don't know 20 years ago if my parents were moaning at me for playing fifa or something now people are making full-time money from that because they're getting the eyeballs on it and that was my last question like and it's interesting that you say that like where's the next thing for out of home like if you're looking from a space perspective like forget the big billboards forget the bus stops and the taxis and the bus shelters etc but i suppose the metaverse if people are buying real estate there and at all this nfts and artwork and things like that I, the reality is it is it sounds that way. that way doesn't it that it's, yeah, go, it's going to go that way yeah there's only so I th- the metaverse is good for the sort of certain amount of people that will go into the metaverse and do all that. Mm. Um, It's very much in its early stages, I would think. We have a lot of clients like yourselves that are fast-track businesses that want to do the wow campaigns, that want to do the brand awareness, that want to grow fast, and we can help them with all that and come up with some crazy ideas, whether that be like sticking random stuff on top of a digivan or Mm. doing the digivan and glass combo or coming up with like, you know, bus campaigns or billboard campaigns or all that stuff. But what we're finding more than anything else at the minute is people want fastness. And like if we can continue to to come up with ideas fast and come up with campaigns fast that are reactive to what's going on in your industry, then that's where I think we've been doing really well. Yeah, Uh, nice. just being fast and creative. And it, it's crazy to it's crazy to even try and think where can you go where there aren't adverts yeah. or a form of advertising. Like I've got a friend who's in comedy and he has a bit of his on his stand up where he says he only goes swimming because it's the only place where he doesn't see adverts. But it's kind of true, isn't it? It's like there's, there's so it's so occupied that that question is a good question because it's like well where where is the next thing because it will be being thought about mm. as we speak so i think one of the good things that came out of covid was digivans for us anyway we was able to take billboards to places which didn't have billboards that had footfall because everyone's like oh my god they're not going into the cities anymore what do we do we need to advertise to them we need people to know about us so we took them into retail parks or supermarket car parks or wherever it was that there was people 
Take a digiband to supermarket, yeah. Or, you know, A roads where it's mm. busy, but because people are, t- you know, staying back in towards their homes, yeah, not yeah. in towards the cities. And I really think there's going to be a push, and I'm seeing it a lot now, with, with more more billboards or more screens, rather, that are going to be portable that we can take right to where the audience is. So I think that's where the future is of out of home. And those that are doing it, including ourselves, will we'll do really well with it. Just get them right to the audience. Nice, interesting. Mm. Josh, I've got one more for you before we go. I mean, I could speak for hours okay. here, but uh, one question that I asked the previous guests that we had on, and I want to ask every guest really, what is greatness to you? What is greatness? For me personally, I think greatness is keeping it simple. It's just performing to the best of your ability. And the best people that do that do it day in, day out, and they stay committed, whether they're failing, whether they're struggling, Mm. is picking yourself up through good or or through bad and uh, having a clear idea and focus point of where you want to go. And like for me personally this year, I set goals um, personally, financially, business, work, and I'm not ticked all of them there yet, but we're six, seven months in and, and I've got there. So I think setting the goals, being consistent, mm-hmm. um, and yes, having a bit of fire in your belly, being competitive and yeah, if, you, if you're going to be great, you've got to be doing stuff that's different to anyone else and you've got to beat a lot of people along the way. So. Yeah, I like that. You know what? Repetition is key. Mm. Well, guys, that's episode two for the OOH podcast. Josh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you could like, comment and subscribe on who we should have on next. Thank you, Josh. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stop it. Ooh. <laughs> we need, we <laughs> need it. Ooh. Ooh. There we go. Every guest, that we need it, don't we? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs>